Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Rolling Release, our weekly Linux podcast about Linux and its continual improvement on the desktop. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. My name is Jacob, by the way. And uh, yeah, Adam is in today. He is standing in for Mark. Mark is off. He's recording some album with his band, is what I was told. Um, recording an album? He texted me at like 2 a.m. last night that he wouldn't be able to do the show. He probably didn't think I was going to respond, but I was still working on other videos, so I responded right away and said, don't worry, me and Adam got it. So me and Adam are going to cover you all with the news this week. We're going to talk about Linux a little bit later. We don't have a specific topic this week, but Adam, you use Linux on your desktop. Yeah, that's and all I use. It, it, well, you use a MacBook as well, but... but um, um, Don't worry about that. That's cool. But yeah, well, since you actually you know how to use Linux and you're semi-okay with it, so I, I thought it would be really fun to just talk about the stuff that you do on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, we're going to get to that later. Uh, for now, though, we have some exciting news stories. And I'm, I'm ready to talk about them. I'm going to move my microphone closer to me. All right, by the way, everyone watching and listening, I'm sorry about this noise. As I talked about at the live stream last week, the Nerd on the Street five-year anniversary stream that happened last week, there is construction happening in this house. The person who owns this house is knocking down walls. And um, there's nothing I can do to stop it. So, you know, sorry if you're watching and that, that banging is annoying. But um, I have to live with it even when I'm not watching videos. So at least you can pause if you don't like it. Uh, so yeah, you ready to get into the news this week, Adam? Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. By the way, if you if you absolutely want the banging to stop, go become a Nerd Club member at nerdclub.us.co so we can get in office. Just saying. All right, our first news story this week is Tomahawk Music Player is essentially abandoned. Now, this was one of those Ooh. stories I told Adam. I'm pretty sure we talked about this already. But um, our last episode of Rolling Release that we did, like the one right before this, or maybe it was two episodes ago, um, one of our first few episodes was an episode all about different Linux music players. And it's kind of funny, the reason we were doing that episode is because my music player of choice was called Banshee. Have you ever used Banshee? I, I had it once. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> it was, was it on your current computer, or on that like Lubuntu computer? What was that on? But I never had a great Lubuntu computer. You, you had Lubuntu on that old Dell Dimension in your basement. Oh, no, no, no. What have been on this computer? Okay. Don't well, yeah. It. I love Banshee. It's my favorite music player, but it recently... It hasn't gotten updated in so long, and then it stopped working because it's so out of date. So I had to find a new music player. We talked about all kinds of music players, and one of the ones that I think we might have mentioned but forgotten to actually cover was Tomahawk. And it's actually not that big of a deal, that we didn't cover it apparently because apparently it is abandoned which is a shame it's always a shame when an application gets abandoned but yeah don't expect to see any new releases of tomahawk player yeah, tomahawk is interesting because it's a multi-platform music app it's windows mac and linux it's not just linux um and it's kind of got some interesting features but yeah a quote from a recent github commit somebody updated the code just to add this message into the program. There is no one working on it. There isn't much sense in adding any new issues in the issue tracker unless you want to fix them yourself. So basically they're saying don't report bugs because we're not going to fix them um, because we're uh, the project is abandoned. Um, Tomahawk is similar to some other GNOME music players like Rhythmbox. However, Tomahawk's big thing was it integrated online music playing in addition to local music playing. Um, so you could listen to Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Music, things like that in Tomahawk, and you could also listen to your local library. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, um, I guess it was like a shame that it's still up then. It is kind of a shame. That's um, not like a useful thing. I mean, personally, personally, it did not appeal to me because um, no? I don't use online music services. That was my whole thing in the first place. Why I was like so sad that Banshee was going away because I don't use Google Music. Um, I download mm-hmm. my songs off of iTunes in a Windows virtual machine and then copy them out. But iTunes songs don't have any DRM. And I, I sometimes I use Google Music, but it I buy the MP3s outright. I don't use like the subscription, you know. Have, do you ever do you use subscription services for your music or do you buy off of iTunes or do you pirate? Uh, what do you do? You think I pirate music? Who do you think you're talking to? No, I I don't buy or pay for any music or pirate it. I really just use Spotify. Okay. I mean... And there yeah. are... See, if you only use one service, then you can really just use the Spotify client because I'm pretty sure there's <laughs> a Linux Spotify client. If there's not an official one, there's definitely unofficial ones. But, like, Tomahawk yeah. was cool because you could search for a song and then it would play it from the best place. So, like, if you have the song locally, it'll play it there because that's going to be the highest quality. If you don't have it locally, it'll play it from whatever service has the highest quality copy of it. Um, so it was a cool project, okay. and um, but yeah, it is discontinued now. Um, just about as officially as you can get with something like this. Now the good news right now is that Tomahawk does still work. So if you're a big Tomahawk user, you can use Tomahawk still, and you can probably will be able to use it for a little bit. But like I was using Banshee like five years after the last update. And then it stopped working for me recently. So in a few years, Tomahawk might stop working. And if nobody picks it back up, you might have to pick out a new music player. But hopefully, since we just had that episode where we talked about Linux music players, it won't be too difficult for people. So you can just go back and watch that if if you're a Tomahawk user and you want to switch to something else. But yeah, that's just wanted to throw that at any other thoughts about Tomahawk shutting down. Did you ever use Tomahawk? No, I've never used Tomahawk. I haven't heard about it until now. I, I heard the name, and then I didn't use it, like, hardly at all, but... Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't really have a clue about those music players for Linux. Yeah. Well, yeah, our next story is WPS Office for Linux 2016 has apparently been released. 2016, yeah, that's right. That was, like, <laughs> that I that was not a misspeaking. That was actually uh, the version of this. Uh, now, we talked about... We talked about this last episode. So WPS Office a couple weeks ago announced that they were dropping Linux, and what? then Why they drop Linux? and then a day later, they took that announcement offline and then blamed everyone who reported on it for coming up with fake news. <laughs> but they were the ones. They made a press release. They tweeted about it, yeah. and then they deleted the tweet and said, "No, now they were really lying." Ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I. I Maybe Nobody... you didn't understand, like, the, the Linux community, how big they were. Well, like, that, that's kind of what happened was, like, so many people were upset about WPS Office closing that they kind of were like, ugh, that we have a lot of Linux users. Because it was, like, there were lots of people talking about it when they announced that they weren't doing Linux anymore. And, like, I don't use WPS Office. I've used it once. I tried it out years ago one time. But it really, for me, doesn't do anything that LibreOffice doesn't do. Uh, what Office Suite do you use on Linux? I have, I have LibreOffice. You have LibreOffice? Yeah. Yeah, I do have LibreOffice. And, I mean, if you don't want LibreOffice, there's also OpenOffice you can get. Or you can just run Microsoft Office in a virtual machine or in Wine uh, if you can get it to work in Wine. So, yeah, there's not a whole lot of reason to use WPS Office. Now, the, the big reason why 
they advertise that you should use it is complete compatibility with Microsoft Office document formats. So sometimes I go into LibreOffice, I open up a document, save it, and then I open it up in Microsoft Word at school, and it doesn't look exactly the same. I gotta tweak some things to make it look the same that it did on my LibreOffice. Now LibreOffice recently made complete feature parity between operating systems between LibreOffice. So if all you use is LibreOffice, you can go between Linux and Windows and 100% of your stuff will look exactly the same. But if you're saving to .doc or .docx formats, WPS Office claims to have better support. Um, WPS Office is also free of price. It is not free software. It is not GPL software and it is not even open source. It is proprietary. So unless you really, really need better Office format support, better Microsoft Office format support than LibreOffice can provide, then you probably shouldn't go with WPS, but but yeah. Um, it, it also has the Microsoft ribbon, which, what do you think of the ribbon? I do like the Microsoft ribbon. Yeah, I'm a fan of the Linux. Microsoft ribbon. A lot of Linux users yeah. don't like it. I'm happy that LibreOffice is sort of starting to incorporate that, but uh, WPS has a more developed version of the ribbon than LibreOffice does right now. So yeah, you can go and download that. Now, once again, this is the 2016 version. Um, this is the first time it's been updated in almost a year, but it's still an outdated version, even after the update. And then the download is on the WPS community website. So they're still not really totally supporting this. They're not 100% behind it. Uh, Kingsoft is the company who makes um, WPS office, but yeah, you can go and download it, you can try it out, they've got devs, they've got RPMs, they have tarballs, so, you know, I'm sure it's in the AUR. So yeah, there's that. Um, our next story this week, you want to take one of yours? Yeah, I'll take my first story. Yeah, day. let me switch to this your desktop. This is about, oh, yes. Go ahead. This is about, um, Linux malware, uh, uses Raspberry Pi to mine cryptocurrency. Yeah. Have you ever used Raspberry Pi? I have not. Now, Mark just got a Raspberry Pi. I know Michael was talking about one that he got recently. So, lots of, like, I know lots of people who use them. Oh. Hmm. So, yeah, Raspberry Pi is the $35 computer, by the way. It's it's the, $35. It's an entire computer on one board. It, you can hold it in the palm of your hand, and it's 35 bucks, and you can do a lot of cool stuff with it. Uh, most of them run Linux, because Linux is the only operating system efficient enough to run on something that low power. Um, but, yeah, tell us about this story. What's going on? So basically, um, it allows an external SSH connection. Yeah. We got, so it uses a bash script. You know what that is? Yeah, so a bash script. All right, so SSH, Adam's talking. At, like I said, Adam uses Linux, but he might not know what all these buzzwords are. You got the highlighting down, though. SSH <laughs> yeah. is what you use to remote connect to a terminal on a remote computer. So, like, I can log into your computer through a terminal. Bash script is just a script that runs terminal commands. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. So it uses that to accept the external SSH connection. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know what the default login and password are, well, Pi and Raspberry. <laughs> so don't don't use the default login because it changes it to this nonsense. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it changes the password. Right. All right. Then installs ZMap and SSH Pass Utility. Okay. And looks for actual other devices to okay. infect them as well. And we can use our context clues to figure out ZMap is probably some sort of network mapping utility. Yeah. yeah. Now, what exactly does it do once it's infected, other than spreading itself? 
Let's see. We do have Random Dude in our chat room, and now you said mining cryptocurrency, and Random Dude points out that using a Raspberry Pi for mining cryptocurrency, you're not going to get rich off of that, because it... I mean, I've had my Mac Pro mining cryptocurrency for a month, and I made about 0. 0.04 well, cents, so... Well, this has generated about 43,000 over several months. Oh my god. Um, so that is quite a bit. They use, um, what do they use? Like, Monero. Monero. So it doesn't even mind, Ma yeah, it doesn't mind Bitcoins, Dogecoins. It doesn't, it doesn't mind Dogecoins. It <laughs> uh, doesn't no, do Litecoins. Litecoin was what I was mining. But uh, Litecoins? I was yeah. mining Litecoins, but yeah, what? Monero. Dark yeah, it oh, says, it's for it dark web drug for markets. Yeah, that's probably what the. That's why I haven't heard of it. Because I don't. I'm not into that. But. You know, drugs? I was about no, to go and no see. Because, you know, if a Raspberry Pi can mine this stuff, I was just about to go and start mining it on my laptop. Because I could probably get rich off of that. But, you know, I don't. I don't want to get into the black market or <laughs> no, anything. No, I want to I do that and get on, like, the wanted list or anything. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the reason pack. why it's probably generated 43,000 is because. How many Raspberry Pis are out there? Uh, okay, this twelve about twelve point five million over the yeah, past five years. Twelve point so five million yeah. of them have been sold over the past five years. So there's a lot of them out there to get infected. Um, now, if you're actually doing things properly and setting up your own passwords and whatnot, then it's not a huge deal. But you know, a lot of people get these and just connect them to their network to do some small project, but then just forget about them. And so yeah, and then they would take over. Could be open. And so like all all the ones that you don't update are probably like more likely to be infected. Yeah, of course. Uh, now there, I'm, I assume it. there's a patch for this out, right? Ah. Uh, I don't know what, what all details are in this article. I have heard nothing about a patch, and this article is nothing about. Now a hang patch? on, no, 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 what? So it's Raspbian OS. Yeah, no, 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 look, look, look. No, hang on. Uh, a Raspbian OS update re released last year turned off SSH ah, by default yeah. and forced users to change the default password. So that would fix this. Okay. Um, yes. So yeah. So fix that, which is. Yeah. So yeah, and Raspbian OS is the Debian spin that's just for Raspberry Pis. So yeah, there's that. Anything else you want to say about it? No. Just so you gotta change your default passwords. Like if you, right. this is not a problem really with Linux any more than a problem with iOS is that if you don't set a passcode, your friend can read your text messages. Like, it's just your basic responsibility to, to change the default password. Every time, you know, when you spin up a server, a Linux server, um, you gotta change. Like, I, I'm taking a, an online course right now in a Linux certification I'm trying to get, and the website I'm taking it through provides Linux servers that you can spin up just for certain lessons. And when I log into those, it makes me change the default password. Now, this is a server that's going to exist for about 20 minutes, and then it will it's going to get deleted. They still make me change the default password because, like, it is basic security that anything on the Internet, you know, you don't want to have a default password. Yeah, but me and plenty of people don't think of that. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got a password on your computer that's not the default password, right? Yes, I do have a password set. Yeah. So yeah, uh, set your passwords, update your Raspbian, yeah. Alright, so the next story we're going to talk about, back over to my screen here, is uh, Linux. There's a new Google Drive client out, and it is not coming to Linux, it doesn't look like. What? So the new Google Drive client, now hang on, this isn't news, because the current Google Drive client 
isn't on Linux either. So, <laughs> no, it's I don't not. Know. See, this is the problem with OMG Ubuntu. This is the problem with OMG they, Ubuntu did, is no, that a lot of the articles are just a lot of the articles are just the author complaining about crap. Um, I don't. So this mad. <laughs> that's not going to list. No, this yeah. mad that once again, I mean, they're, they're, Linux. Yeah, there is an all new uh, Google Drive client available, but yeah, there was already not a client. Now there was an unofficial client that an employee of Google maintains. And obviously, that's not going to be this client. But, uh, so, what, we're just going to skim right over that story. Because, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah. All right, so next actual story. GDM is going to replace LightDM in Ubuntu 17.10. Now, this is a, this is more Fallout. This is even more Fallout from a story we talked about our very first week. Did you hear about the whole Unity thing that went down, Adam? Unity thing? Yeah. Maybe. You, do you know what Unity is? Ubuntu Unity? No. It is the default desktop environment on Ubuntu. Like mm -hmm. with the sidebar on the side and then the top, right? Yeah. Do you no, know, yeah. like, okay. have you you've seen that? Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, they discontinued that. that. That's not, they're, 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 they're stopping it. And they're going to, Ubuntu is switching back to GNOME. We talked about this in our first episode. And we, there have been so many things, like repercussions from this. Because it's a huge deal that the number one used desktop environment got discontinued. So yeah, this is, this is yet another thing that's happening. Now, Unity, um, back when Ubuntu switched from GNOME to Unity, they also switched from GDM to LightDM. And LightDM is a super themable, super configurable, really light... Uh, display manager and so like when you start up your computer this is what you type your password into to log in and this is what you use to switch between different desktop environments and yeah Ubuntu is switching to GDM which is GNOME Display Manager because if you're using GNOME now you can use GNOME Display Manager like yeah. uh, make it makes sense um, some people don't like GDM as much as LightDM personally I really liked LightDM but then I don't have a problem with GDM either um, the reason why they actually tried to use LightDM with GNOME, um, but then they, they can't, they said it's not easy to patch GNOME shell as the GDM code in GNOME shell is hard to decouple. And this is the problem with GNOME, is that um, KDE is a very modular project, and you can install the KDE desktop environment, but not install any of the KDE default apps. Or you can install... Um, some of the KDE default apps, but then use a different display manager, or you can install the KDE display manager, SDDM, and then you can not even use Plasma. Like, you know, KDE is super modular, but GNOME, the GNOME philosophy is if you're using GNOME, you're using GNOME all the way. So if you're going to use GNOME, you're going to use our display manager, you're going to use our text editor, you're going to use our web browser. Like, that's how GNOME works. And that's why I don't, I don't, you know... Canonical really is not going to have nearly as much control over Ubuntu now that they're using GNOME because GNOME is going to have that control now instead of Canonical of like here's what programs people are going to use here's what people's desktops are going to look like but yeah so they're they're switching to GDM and if you had been following the store with me and me and Mark like did I talk to man I haven't see I, I didn't talk to you for six months and then you don't keep up with this kind of stuff but I was like Super, like, I was blown away when this happened. This is related to that. I can't see how that's a big deal, even if I haven't kept up. <laughs> Wait, you you can see how it's a big deal? Yeah, kidding? no, no, yeah. So okay. I understand how it's a big deal, right, yeah. even if I haven't, like... So, yeah. So there's that. What's another story you got, Adam? So I got... Canonical 
How's hey, the new we were, we were just talking about canonical. Alright, yes. go ahead. I had to I had to, to pause while I switched the <laughs> screens, but I didn't interrupt you that time and say it. So it was Alright, well it released a stable version of its uh, Snapcraft utility for creating snap packages. Nice. Spacely has support for zooming the download of Core Snap when building classic Snap. <laughs> Alright. Do you know what snaps are, Adam? <laughs> yeah, kind of. He's got Core Snap highlighted there. So you know that you know that Ubuntu snaps are the packages that you can install that don't have any dependencies it's yeah. like an all-in-one program um okay. so yeah keep going um yeah <laughs> so when packages can't be fetched you can use the core snap instead of the classics or whatever mm, i don't know if that's what they're what? saying what? resuming that... the download resuming the download yeah. is the new feature so that if the download right. stops halfway through and you get an error you can resume the download halfway through instead oh. of having to start it all the way over yeah, okay, that's good. So, yeah. It is not a good thing. Most time fails. Okay, basically, change it supports for cross-compiling. Well, <laughs> not really, but it's coming soon. <laughs> as you... <laughs> as you do see, go. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Basically, going. it's support for the cross-compiling Go parts. Well, this implementation <laughs> allows you to use Cgo. It doesn't look yeah. like it supports cross-compiling with <laughs> the stage yet. packages argument, but it's coming soon, yeah. too. All right. This is that's what happens when non-developers talk about development, <laughs> and this is also what happens. Adam, I, I really... I mean, you, you powered through that better than Mark would have. Uh, all right. Wait, keep going. But there's more. There's more. Not, but wait, there's yeah. more. So basically... Yeah, there's more. The way Snapcraft communicates with the oh, Snappy Store was changed. So, it updates the QMake plugin, so it no longer requires users to specify the QT version being used. Oh, well, because it defaults, it to, defaults QT5. to QT5, which makes sense because QT5 yes. is the latest version of QT. Right. So, what, what did it default to before then? Um, just no default? And no, it, it make you just do it every time? Yeah, it probably just didn't work if you didn't specify. Because you were either using okay. QT4 or QT5. Yeah. But, like, you don't have to say GTK3. If there's a GTK app, it's GTK3. If it's GTK2, I'm going to say the two, so. Right. Okay. And it improves the build packages, asset tracking, along with some bugs. Add support for the row install files. Yeah. Ross install. Yeah, Ross install. Yeah, Ross Added, install. That's the robotics thing that I was talking about six months ago. Because Ross is what we used at ST Robotics. That's a really oh, popular robotics yeah. meta operating system. Um, so you can build the entire Ross project from a single file. That's right. pretty. That would have been helpful. So yeah. And it changes the way the application communicates with a snappy store. <laughs> Let's see. By modifying. Oh, it doesn't really say much about it. Xubuntu release header to Xubuntu yeah. series. So they changed some of the metadata. They changed uh, how you report the metadata. So it sounds like the version of Ubuntu, um, maybe before you had to specify like the name and now you can use the number or something. I don't know what the difference between release and hmm. series technically is. But yeah. If you're a Snappy it's developer a cool and you want to come onto our show and talk to us about this 
you know, because I, I know, like, we we don't know hardly anything about this. If, if you know about this and you want to come onto the show and kind of set the record straight here, then uh, contact us. We'd be happy to have you on. Anything else you wanted to talk about there? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. So, Snapcraft is the tool yeah, that you use to build snaps. The Snappy Store is right. the, the tool you use to download snaps. Which I have not used the Snappy Store. Alright. So, our next story. Back over to my screen. Firefox 54 is here. And it's, quote-unquote, way faster than before. Now, I use Ooh. Firefox as my day-to-day -day browser because I like my privacy. That's, uh, Adam probably, why do you use Firefox as your day-to-day -day browser? Um, it's my default. I like it. Alright, fair yeah. enough. So yeah, uh, Firefox 54. Now, I really, I've been following the Firefox updates, and there's some, like, big updates that are supposedly happening, but here's the thing, that I already had some of this, these features. I don't... See, Mozilla began multi-process support rollout in Firefox 48, released last August. So this is not really a new feature. F uh, Firefox 54 just has multi-process support enabled by default. But, like, I already went and manually turned this on eight months ago, and it didn't really help at all. It didn't... didn't uh, make, did not make a noticeable improvement. There's something called uh, uh, electrolysis. And electrolysis is something that makes Firefox use several processes. So instead of your entire web browser running in one process, it puts each tab into its own process, like Chrome does, so that if one tab crashes, the entire browser doesn't crash. Now, guess what, Adam? Right. I still have what? the entire browser crash. Oh, I do, too. Yeah. I, well, you're not, you probably don't have it turned on by default, unless you went into about Firefox and turned sure. on whatever the thing was. But, you know, in Chrome, like, it says, oh, snap. And then I just reload that tab, you know? Like, when the, the right. tab crashes... That is a lot better. We've seen plenty of that sucks when the whole everything closes. Yeah, well, even... Sometimes Firefox doesn't usually close, but what'll happen is every tab will say it crashed at the same time. And at that point, it's pretty obvious, mm -hmm. you know, my browser has crashed. Every, every single website that I'm on did not just encounter a separate error at the exact same moment. Like, those, one of those tabs was doing something stupid and then it crashed the entire browser and now I have to go and reload all of my tabs. If I had a video paused in some other tab then it's gonna be in a different spot now. Random dude says pho Phonon is coming. I Is that Phonon or Photon? Because Phonon is a audio backend. It might be also the name of this new Firefox thing. But yeah, I'm waiting for Firefox to to get better and I, I, I wanna, once again I wanna say I use Firefox as my default browser so this isn't me going out of my way to knock on Firefox but yeah, uh, electrolysis it is not revolutionary. Um, it is, I mean, it's way better than not having multi-process support, you know? And it might have actually made yeah. it faster because I don't see Firefox loading, like, loading circles hardly at all anymore. And I used to see those quite a lot, so. Hmm. Now, if you're on Ubuntu, such as Adam is right now, you're on an Ubuntu version, right? I am on an Ubuntu version. Yeah, if you're on an Ubuntu version, there's a plugin that comes with Ubuntu um, that disables multi-process support, and it's called Mozilla Firefox for Ubuntu. Uh, that's the name of the plugin, or the Ubuntu modification add-on. You have to disable that add-on if you want multi-processes to turn on. So okay. just disable that plugin, and you can you can tell if it's turned on. See, now let's. Well, I don't have Firefox open right now. I'm gonna switch to Adam's desktop. Adam, go ahead and get into Firefox. Open up a new tab. Okay. And yep. um, type in about about colon config. 
That's why I void my warranty. There's no warranty. <laughs> okay. Alright, now search for... What's the thing that you have to turn on? Hang on. Alright, do do what random dude says in the chat room. Go up into your thing, type about colon support. This isn't exactly what I was looking for, but it's similar. So you're on fi you're on 47? Adam, you're using a yeah. Firefox build from 2016. <laughs> what, what's the... Oh. Gosh, that is... I guess, I guess talk about not updating. Crap. Scroll down. All right, so multi-process windows, zero out of three disabled. So you do not have multi-process. I do not, I guess. Um, but if you update your Firefox and then disable the Ubuntu plugin or add-on, then you'll have multi-process. And then when you go there, it should say like three out of three instead of zero out of three. Can you uh, hear that? Yes, I hear that. It's the most annoying sound in my head I've ever heard. All right. So yeah, uh, Firefox multi-process. I, once again, I'm glad they added it. Good job, Mozilla. Looking forward to Phonon. Um, Ubuntu reveals results of GNOME desktop survey is our last story for this week, right? Isn't it our last story? Yeah. <clears throat> I hope it is. All right. So the, uh, the, the Ubuntu team put out a recent... So since they're switching to GNOME, they, Ubuntu put out a, a survey asking people what they like about GNOME, what plugins they like to use with GNOME, and they might ship some of these plugins by default. Um, so one thing that came out of the survey, Dash to Dock, is super popular. Now, when's the last time you used GNOME? GNOME 3. GNOME 3? Yeah. Never. GNOME, never. Okay. So GNOME 3, by default, it's got a little dock on the side of the screen, but it's only there when you open up your full screen menu. So then Dash to Dock brings it out so that it's there even when you're not in your menu, similar to the Mac OS dock. I used Dash to Dock back when I used GNOME 3, and um, over 80% of all respondents rated Dash to Dock as useful, semi-useful, or neutral. <laughs> um, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Then. Now, here's the thing. Ubuntu says... Dash to Dock's popularity doesn't necessarily mean we should ship Dash to Dock as an extension by default, but rather it shows us our users would like the dock to be visible at all times or shown slash hidden automatically as opposed to only shown in the activities view. So what it, basically what they're saying there is, yes, uh, random, yeah, it is photon, not phonon on that earlier word. Thank you. I caught it right away. Um... So what they're saying here is that, so the way that you get the dock to show is by installing Dash to Dock. So, but now they're saying, well, we're not going to install Dash to Dock, but we might just make the dock show. So you might ask Adam, how are they going to do that without installing Dash to Dock? How are they going to do that? Well, they're probably going to ask the GNOME developers to add an option in to actually show the dock when the activities menu is not open. So they're going to take the functionality from this plugin and implement it into GNOME itself is what they might try and do. Now here's where this thing comes in where the GNOME developers have their heads up there. The GNOME developers are not team players a lot. And so when you ask the GNOME developers, can you implement this feature, they're probably gonna say no. Um, and they're probably gonna say use the plugin. So they're probably gonna end up shipping the plugin. Here's some other results from the, um, from the survey. Nearly 90% of respondents rated Top Icons Plus as being useful. And in GNOME 3, by default, your icons are in the bottom left corner in your full screen menu. Top Icons Plus puts them at the top right of your screen, 
next to your other icons that are already up there, and you've got a bar up there taking up space. So um, I used Top Icons Plus back when I was on GNOME, another one that I used. Um, so yeah, they're probably going to implement that into GNOME, or they're going to make that the default behavior, if they can. The most divisive results on the survey, which is almost more interesting, because, like, everyone knows about Dastodoc. Everyone knows about Top Icons Plus. You go to, like, GNOME forums, that's the first thing you're going to see. The most divisive results from the survey were no top left hot corner and applications menu. And some people really hate how in GNOME, the way that you open the menu, you can either click applications in the top left, or you can just bring your mouse all the way up to the top left, and it automatically opens the menu. I love that. I love that. And here's, you know, people rag on GNOME because they're, they're, it's like they're designing for tablets with all these big buttons and huge icons and everything. So it's like they're designing for touch screens, but then you've got now this, this feature where you open the menu up by bringing your mouse to the top left. You don't have to click, it's just a move of your hand. That was like the most efficient, that's one of my favorite things about GNOME 3. Like, when I first, I was around when GNOME 3 started. I was already using Linux by that point. So like, when I first started using GNOME 3, like, that was one of the most innovative things about it to me, was this hot corner that opens up your menu. Like, that, that wasn't like a popular thing before GNOME 3. But some people don't like it. Um, so some people would want to click instead of having it just open up by going to the top left corner. Um, I mean, I still use my top left corner as a hot corner. Look at this. Look at this. Okay. Oh, crap. All right. KDE <laughs> is... Hang on. Hang on. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. So here's what's going on. Um, KDE has a bug right now, and I have proof. 20879. KDE's got a bug going on right now where um, on my computer, I wonder what that looks like on the stream. You should check out the stream to make sure we're still going. But yeah, KDE has a bug where when you use hot corners, sometimes it crashes your desktop. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's not exactly a use. <clears throat> now, GNOME, doesn't, GNOME does not have that bug. GNOME works okay. flawlessly with its hot corners. Uh, but oh. see, I can open up my hot corner here. And I've got this. Wow, that really doesn't come through very well at all. Okay, so so I'm just gonna point out that on stream right now, you're just vibrating in place. Slightly. Awesome. And on my screen right now, you're just frozen black and white. All right. Um, right. Here's my proof of the KDE bug: is that I reported the darn bug. Um, mm -hmm. Here, let me KDE. Somebody responded to it today from KDE, but they basically were just saying we don't know what's causing that. See if I can search for my bug here. Here, look at this. Kwin underscore X11 freezes with 100% CPU when using desktop grid with present windows. Uh, reported on 2017, June 5th by Jacob Kaufman. And you can see one person, uh, Kelvy Wong, responded saying uh, he reproduced the issue. So I'm not the only one having this issue because somebody else reproduced it. And he attached stack um, debug what backtraces are what they're called he, he attached backtraces to actually show developers where in the code the problem lies that's super helpful um and then martin Flozer, one of the people at kde responded and he said unfortunately we can't tell anything from that debug output it could indicate that we failed to calculate a layout but yeah i mean this is the bug uh, this is i this is open source at work i have reported the bug and now i'm 
I got help from somebody else in reporting the bug, and now I'm hoping that the developers figure out what the problem is and fix it. But yeah, some people don't like top left hot corner apparently, but some people do. So yeah, uh, not clear what's going to happen there. And the applications menu is one that replaces the full screen menu with a click menu. Can you hear me? <laughs> You're, you keep freezing. Alright. So that's all the news for this week. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll go to our feature segment. Alright everyone, we're here in our fifth episode of Rolling Release, and this week we've got Adam, a special guest. Not really a super special guest, because he's been oh. in industry stuff, but, but Adam uses Linux, and we're going to talk about how he uses Linux. Uh, but first, I do want to give a shout-out to the Nerd on the Street Nerd Club. Hey Adam, have you heard about the Nerd Club? I have heard about the Nerd Club. The Nerd on the Street Nerd Club is uh, it's a way that you can give back to Nerd on the Street. Because Nerd on the Street, you know, we, we are making videos here, and it takes time and money to do. And we could really use some of your support to keep making these videos. Maybe get a location that doesn't have construction going on. So head on over to nerdclub.nots.co, and you'll get this page. There's a couple different ways you can join. Um, the first is the Patreon page. What do you think of Patreon, Adam? Patreon's a useful site. It's pretty useful. To give your money. Uh, they have their new rebrand, so like Patreon, the website looks all different now. I also updated our header image on Patreon. Check it that out. And uh, yeah, right now we got seventeen dollars a month on Patreon. We could really use a little more. I'd like to get that up to like twenty or twenty-five dollars by the end of the summer. Um, so yeah, help us help us reach that. Go to nerdclub.nots.co and uh, yeah, support us. Once we get to one hundred dollars a month, Adam, did you? I don't know if since I haven't talked to you, this is coming down the pipeline. We're preparing to get ad-free video viewing on NerdOnTheStreet.com. Ad-free? Ad-free. Wouldn't that be great? Because oh, I don't be I don't like watching Why? ads. I see uh, you've got Adblock or whatever. Hopefully you have that disabled. No, you don't. It's on and you're on the street. But um, I really appreciate when people view ads, but I'd like to not have to put people through that. So once we get to $100 per month on our Patreon page, everyone will be able to watch videos ad-free at NerdOnTheStreet.com with a beautiful video player that is going to load faster than Daily Motion, possibly even YouTube, I don't know. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It's going to be uh, a great video player, so going to be the best video player. You're going to want to see it. Uh, Nerdclub.nots.co. You can also join prepaid. You can join uh, 18 bucks for 6 months or 36 bucks for 12 months. So it's just math. You just multiply $3 times however many months you're doing. Uh, but yeah, if you don't want to enter into a long-term commitment, you know, Sometimes people don't want to keep themselves locked in, even though you know you can cancel it in time on Patreon. If you don't want to worry about forgetting it, you can pay up front. So yeah, um, what's your favorite? What do you think that the most valuable thing at the Nerd Club is right now, Adam? He's reading the oh. list right now. <laughs> well, no, I'm not even on the list. <laughs> I personally think that the most valuable thing at the Nerd Club is the live stream DVR. Because we put out edited versions of videos like Rolling Release. I'm going to edit the crap out of this, and I'm going to upload it. But then sometimes you want to see what's between the segments. You know, you want to see our banter. You want to see the stuff that gets cut out, because we don't know what we're talking about. So sometimes you just want to see the entire raw, uncut stream. And for that, we got the live stream DVR. You head on over to nerdclub.nots.co, join the Nerd Club. And after you do that, you'll have full access to recordings of every single live stream that we do full recording uncut it's great it's awesome so yeah we got that you got 
uh, you, the banner ads go away on our website. We still got video ads for now, but you won't have banner ads as of today. We already had the feature before today, but yeah, nerdclub.nonstyco, join that. No more banner ads. You might get occasional merch, um, although we're not sending this t-shirt out to people. Oh, we should plug the t-shirt as well. So yeah, nerdclub.nonstyco. Uh, let's say that you don't actually care about Nerd on the Street that much, though, but you do care about Nerd on the Street enough to buy a t-shirt. We've got Nerd on the Street five-year t-shirts available for sale right now. This is what they look like, and uh, just got them in today. The, the Nerd on the Street logo looks a little bit more like more of a clear blue circle like you know I, I thought it would be more of a fade out than that but what, what do you think it's, it looks good it says uh, five years of none of the street and we're still dreaming and then the back says uh, five years it's got a list check that out a list of every single tech video that oh, we've made list. is a really long list and you can pick out your favorite videos in there uh, we also have the displaced and rolling release logos. That's this show, by the way, rolling release. We have those at the bottom of this. And, uh, yeah, then at the bottom it says I was there because by purchasing this t-shirt, you know, Nerd of the Street's going to be famous coming up in however many years, you know? Like 20, 2030, Nerd of the Street is going to be all over the place. So you're going to want mm -hmm. to have your Nerd of the Street t-shirt and you can say you were there at the beginning. This is the first time that we've had a t-shirt available to, for sale to the public. You know that, Adam? Yeah, I do know that. Last year we had our our displaced T-shirts, but those were like an internal staff-only kind of thing. So, you know, we don't do merch very often because if you're gonna pay us, we'd rather it be a recurring thing in response to our videos. So that's what the Nerd Club is for. But then if you want something to remember us by, and you don't want to buy a displaced DVD, you know, Nerd on the Street T-shirts. That's at Teespring.com/slash/nots-five-years. I think. Uh, yep, that is correct. Not stash five dash years, and I think they're eighteen dollars. We'll see once it loads up here. That is the cheapest that Teespring would let me make it. So yep, eighteen bucks as you can see. Go and get one. All right, and I wasn't even on the screen for that part, but that's fine. <laughs> so Adam, you use Linux, Hi. don't you? I do. You're use a Linux user. Are you a Linux fan? You know, I enjoy Linux. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't want to switch back to Windows at this point. You would not no. want to switch back to Windows at this point? No, I do like having yeah. Linux. It grows on you, doesn't it? It kind of, yeah. It's kind of, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with the OBS layout and it's not working right now. All right. All right, so yeah, Um, what distro are you using right now? I'm going to switch to your desktop. So just head, actually, no, I'll switch to your full-on camera right now. How did you get into Linux? <laughs> Well, you've always been into Linux. There's always been that aspect of it. Yeah. Like what I the first thing of Linux I remember was playing, like what the the G, the gnome like snake thing. Uh huh. App or whatever. Yeah. Or we did the or we had it on the computer. It was cool, but then I was kind of forced into it. <laughs> in the end. Oh yeah, that was Nibbles, wasn't it? Nibbles. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Snibbles was the game. Yes, right. that was the gnome, the worm game for gnome. That's the game you're thinking yeah. of. Right. So I don't know why we were playing that, but because we were at your house and bored, probably. No, no, this was at your house. This was before like oh. I had on my computer. Because we were at my house and bored, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> so yeah, my so your first interaction with Linux was playing gnome games with me. Yeah. And then I really hadn't had any until you made our one computer Linux. Yeah, so Adam had a family computer with Windows XP. Did it get a virus or something? Or was it just slow? 
Uh, I'm pretty sure it might have. I think it had a virus. Yeah, so it was a it was a Dell Dimension 3000. Oh, and slow. And everyone in your house was kind of using that computer, even though I think Mark had his on that top of the time. Like, that was kind of a family computer. Yeah, I put, back when we had those. I put Lubuntu on it. So that's Ubuntu with LXDE. And uh, how was that? <laughs> I don't... That was pretty good. I remember... I that, don't think I did that much on that computer. All right. Like, I know... I, I, was, I remember yeah. that, like, that period of time where your computer at your house would have that pink snowflake screensaver <laughs> that was, like, one of the only LXD screensavers. Yeah. Or, like, it was, like, a light blue. Like, they were all really bright. Right. Colors. I mean, I don't, I don't have a screensaver now on yeah. any computer. But... And then, uh... After you got you guys got rid of that computer and then, and then what? Yeah, because we all we all got our own computers anyways. There's no point to having it. Yeah. And there's some sort of thing. I think you did you end up getting that computer? Yes, I've got it. It's actually right yeah. here. I've got it right there, down there. I think I I'm using it as part of my nightstand right now, because those things wow. they go for ten bucks on eBay. Like I actually tried to sell them. They go for ten bucks. So. Yeah, it's not really, it's not really getting anything. Yeah. Like, I can melt down the metal and sell it for more than 10 bucks, so. But, yeah, um, the next time, right now you're using, com how did you end up using Linux on your main computer? That's what I'm getting at. Like here. I said, I, I was kind of forced into using that. It was not well, originally forced. So, I helped you build your computer, right? Right. We've got so a video on our website of, uh, mm. of building that computer. We've got, it's a two-part video. Got building Adam's yeah. computer part one and part two. Now, do you remember when we first oh, built that computer? You did not order Windows. <laughs> no. Well, okay, I didn't think about that. I just always had Windows. Yeah. In my, oh, so you didn't even think to order Windows, and I was the nice Jacob, and I provided you with my copy of Windows to use. I gave you my license right. key. It wasn't until that broke that I installed Linux on your computer, right? Yes. Yeah, because so it kept getting messed up. So yeah. yeah. Then, then, and it wasn't even because it broke. Like we could have installed it. At that point, it was because the CD drive was not connected to the motherboard, and we did not have the cord to plug it in, nor the energy to. <laughs> so, because there was I, a port. Random dude, can you tell what we're saying? Can you hear us? This ain't pretty loud. Yeah, it is. I can 100% guarantee, I can 100% guarantee that if we had an office, this background noise would not be here. 100% guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. But no, we only need $17 per month is what our audience thinks, apparently. All right. Uh, that's not quite enough to make an office. Not quite enough. All right. So... Did I install that Linux distro with you, or did you install that by yourself? I might have just given you the thumb no. drive. Actually, you know what? You know, there's a different time that I was going to put Linux on my main computer. I remember I was going to get, I really wanted, even before you installed that, I was like, it would be cool to have, like, Linux Mint or something. This is all I knew yeah. at the time. Yeah, Linux Mint. Mint. So Mint I did, was good. At one point, I did, was I going to try and install that, but in the end, I'm like, this is a bad idea. I'm going to break everything, and I'm just going to need to get Jacob anyways. So no, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. 
And so that, that was on hold. Then yeah, because I brought my computer over to you to fix, and it was right before something important, like Extra Life twenty big, Yeah, it was, right, it was like a day before Extra Life. That <laughs> Literally. Was all that. Yeah. Well it was yeah. like three days before Extra Life. So no no, you I was there when you installed it, so right. it took a while yeah. to do. I think we even played like Total Minor while we were waiting. Just because we? it was like No, well, I feel like we were I feel like you might have kind of by that at it. by the time that we were installing Linux on your computer and doing extra life, we didn't have our Xbox in the basement anymore. Oh, you didn't? And also, okay, that was way that. after Minecraft for Xbox came out. So unless we were specifically doing a retro thing, we would have been playing be, it's Minecraft. Because I was, it's because I was at your house, so I kind of play Minecraft. Was at your house? No, no, no. Minecraft for Xbox. Uh, yeah, maybe. because we we stopped playing Total Miner when Minecraft came out. We're, we're doing something. But, uh, I don't know what we would have. Yeah. So that, that took a little bit for the to do the install. Yeah. I was waiting for it to finish just in case. Um, so yeah. But yeah, I installed a um, Ubuntu Mate 15.04. You said. Yeah. So here, I'm gonna switch to your desktop now. Go ahead and open up the About Ubuntu thing, like under System, and then About. about um, oh, I don't have that. <laughs> we'll close that. This? Close that out. Go to System again. Oh, maybe that is it. Go to Welcome. So we'll see what version you got here. Uh, see, yes. Now I have the 15.10. 15.10, yeah. Um, so yeah, how do you like Ubuntu Mate? I do like it a lot, actually. Like, well. You can. Yeah. You've had. You've yeah, customized yeah. it quite a bit. If, if people on the screen, there's nothing cut off right now. Adam actually customized his panel layout. You want to tell us about that? My panel? Oh. With his top thing? Yeah. I mean, you got rid of the bottom one. Okay, I did not like the bottom one. The top... Because I think... I don't know. Because for a while, I had the top and the bottom. Eventually, I said that looks stupid. Just kept the top. And how do you switch between windows now? It's actually just this bar right here. I like... I, ended up right, using, so I don't know how that. I ended up with this at first. I, I didn't I even know off. this was a thing. I remember Which one I like time seeing because, it. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. like when the bottom gets all cluttered and it gets really long. Although, I, now I have nothing in this space anyways. Right. Kind of ugly at this point. But yeah, so that you yeah. just found that when you were looking through the possible th like things that you can add, the widgets for the bar, right? Yeah, it's just it's just and, in the widget. And like just like you things. got those that network uh, network. Okay, that's out. actually there because sometimes my internet will completely like shut off and stop working. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, that might just be a problem with my power Ethernet thing. But. Maybe, but then again, we've been dropping our stream every now and then. Um, but yeah, now random, random dude in the chat room is telling me it's pronounced Matei. Random dude, when they add an accent over the E, then I'll pronounce it Matei. Until then, I'm calling it mate. Um, so Adam, what uh, what do you what do you think about Linux coming from? You had Windows. What was what was like the biggest adjustments that you had to make coming from Windows when we first installed Linux? Okay, the, okay. Well, the biggest thing was actually. It's not about like using it. I mean, it was a big jump using it, but I guess well, using like different apps or whatever, games or whatever, because I can't do most of those going to Linux. Yeah. So I, I mean, getting used to like LibreOffice and not having. Do you remember? I don't know stuff. if you remember any numbers on how many games you have and how many work on Linux. It's it's a pretty big drop. I mean, there's a lot that I have on Linux right now. Well, all right, so it's about. Mark has 600 games in his Steam library. 200 of them work on Linux. So is yeah. it like is yours comparable? Do you would you say about a third of the games work on Linux? About half? How many? Of the games I own. Of the games you own. Uh, 
probably half. Okay. So were there any big ones that you, like, were disappointed that you had to stop playing? See, a lot of the games, there are the games I did like playing, I do on Xbox 2, which is kind of weird. Maybe, oh, yeah, like, yeah. at the time I was into League. That's not on okay. Steam, though. And Fallout 4 I just bought. Mm. Other than that, like, there are games that I kind of would like to play, but at the same time it's like, well, I probably wasn't going to play it anyways. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, too disappointed. I yeah. do own. So even that's not so, a yeah. big deal. Any other big adjustments other than your, your application preferences or any non-game things that aren't available on Linux that you used to use well, on Linux? Okay. What? You cut out again. Oh, any non-game things that are not available on Linux that you used to use on Windows? Or any other adjustments? Not really. This sounds like Microsoft Word. <laughs> but, it sounded um, like you were about to go into something else. Oh, yeah. I mean, other than like, downloading apps can be difficult. Not apps, just downloading right. Well, you figured out how PPAs work pretty quickly, I think, right? Yeah, no, that I can I get now. Yeah. Except for... What the the stuff we're using now, I did try and download the app for it, but don't know. Like some stuff I download and don't know how to launch. Still, but it's even better. Like if you can't launch it through like the menu, like I would. Yeah. Now, when's the last time that you updated your system? Because you're on fifteen point ten, but do you keep your apps up to date? No, you don't, because your Firefox is from twenty sixteen. Open up a terminal right now, because right. this is one of the big advantages to PPAs, Adam. Like, we don't have PPAs just for fun. We have them because you can do things like this. Type in sudo apt-get update. Oh, I do hit that. I have done that. All right, so do that. But I, ha I do that, like, randomly. Like, I just did that this today. Even. Well, but then do, 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 do sudo apt-get upgrade. Oh. No, I update does not do anything. Update checks for updates. Upgrade actually installs them. Well, no, it's been a it's been months since it upgraded. <laughs> Yeah, no, because all that this does is it refreshes your package lists. But yeah, it doesn't actually install any updates until you run upgrade. Yeah, still a lot I have to figure out with this. I'm just looking at all the stuff that you got. You got a couple of PPAs not found there. Okay, it's probably you. fine. What the? You gotta oh. wait. It's it's still working. Yeah, I just don't know how to read. I see you've got some Steam shortcuts on your desktop. That's for the extra live stream. I was getting prepared. Ah, cool. You're still prepared for next year. Oh, and there's your <laughs> well, there's your VPN thing at the top right. Oh yeah, that's up there too. Yeah, and there's your there's your Jitsi thing that you just installed today. Wait, what? See, it's in the terminal because you added that PPA, so now it checks that. Yeah, but I still know how to launch it from here. So yeah. Okay. Let me do that. Do you use Opera? You didn't have to do that during the stream, Adam. Because now it's going to download several hundred megabytes while you're video calling me. Oh, no. How do I stop it? Control-C. But, yeah. Okay. Um, do you use Opera? Because I saw that you've got the Opera. You've got Vivaldi. You've got Chrome. You've got so many. Do you, But you use Firefox. Okay. So, I use Firefox a lot of the time. I still use Chrome for some stuff like Netflix and whatnot. I cannot use... Firefox for it? Yeah. I do like Firefox better. That's why it's still my default in browser at this point. Like, I never changed it to Chrome, even though I do use it. But um, Opera I use, because that's what I use on my Mac, and I used to use on this computer before. Yeah. 
But it doesn't really work out too well mm. on Linux. It's not quite... So yeah, any... Uh, yeah. Opera doesn't work too well on Linux? I don't know. I think it was mainly that I could stop using Opera. There was a time... Switch to Chrome. Yeah, about when you started using Linux, there was a problem with media on Opera, like videos and stuff. Is that I what... think it was that. No, yeah. there's, a, there's a point where like videos were... Something, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it was something. Like I remember YouTube that. That was a big problem for like six months. Yeah, um, I don't know that. That's <clears> definitely the biggest issue. Any other general thoughts on, on your use of Linux? Uh, seems to be a little quicker. I don't know. That's... I don't know. Just because of how much stuff I had on yeah. Windows. Or I don't know how it works, but... Now, uh, do. you do have a, a MacBook Air that you use macOS on. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself going either from your desktop to your laptop or from your laptop to your desktop because of the operating system, like, to do certain tasks? Not really, no. That doesn't... You've never been, like, on your on your Linux desktop and you're like, oh, I want to do this, so I'm going to put this, turn this off and use my laptop instead? Actually, well, okay, Except for like, uh, like, like Word or something. That's about Microsoft like, Word like or something like that. You need to use Word for something. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, it's pretty. Yeah. I know you've done some. You've done some streaming from your current install. You've got OBS installed, right? Yes, I do have that installed. How did you so think yeah. that the streaming went? How easy is it to stream, or how difficult? I mean, it's pretty easy. Like streaming isn't really too different between mm. the two. Did you notice any video game performance differences between uh, Windows and Linux when you did make the switch? Actually, it seemed like some of them ran better on Linux. The ones, the ones that keep support for Linux, at least. What what are the ones that don't? Some, I don't know. I feel like there's some that don't like keep updates for Linux. Yeah, I mean Gary's mod. Was like there all for the Valve games. Yeah, like Gary's mod keeps up to date like with linux as well it does now at least yeah and like any valve game runs yeah. pretty good on linux at least actually most games do run on linux i find but yeah because um, i kind of thought like kind of figured they would run a lot worse but they don't really okay so yeah you're not in a rush to install windows anytime soon no i am good with linux would you have installed linux yourself if i had not put that on there for you would you have like made Maybe the switch a, if Windows had not broken? I probably would. I don't know about right then. That's kind of something I have I had looked at before a time, so I probably would have. Mm. Where had you had you heard about it anywhere other than me, or was it just like from Nerd and Street? I had. Like you, you definitely sparked it, but. Yeah. Now here's a question. Nothing substantial. I yeah. uh, I know. I remember from the Friday Night Hangout, there was a clip where you were talking about how people in TeamSpeak rooms, you would join TeamSpeak and say, hey, what's up, guys? I'm on Linux. And then people would make fun of you for it. Yeah, people still do that. Do people still do that? Because it's like, I mean, yeah, because like, okay, I'm like a gaming community or whatever with like a bunch of people like that. Like, obviously, people still consider Windows to be like, you know, the gaming thing. Even though you're playing games that run on Linux. Yeah, but still, like, even, like, Mac, like, same with Mac, like, it's Mac and Linux. Okay. Like, like you got the people who, you have the people who haven't heard of Linux, so the people who make fun of you for it. Okay, yeah. 
seems like. But like, it, the, not most of the people who shun Linux for gaming would also shun Mac for gaming? Yeah. Alright. Huh. Because they're both just not as great for games. At least, I don't know about in quality, but in quantity. Yeah. What do you think about... Do you Is there any difference at all between Linux and Mac OS for you? Like, other than the, the Microsoft Word thing... What, what do you do? You prefer? I've been asking about Linux versus Windows. What do you think about Linux versus Mac? Since those are two things you actually use side by side. I don't. I never get into like Mac. Like I do like it, but in general, I'd rather use Linux for stuff than Mac. Really? <laughs> for a lot of the stuff, yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It's just. <laughs> Would you consider putting? Linux on your MacBook instead of using macOS. If that, if you, what you're saying is true. Yeah. Would they? Would the Microsoft Word thing stop you from doing that? Kind of. Like there are things that I like. I like having like something that's not Linux because, in terms of like support or whatever, I think Mac is higher than Linux. So yeah. especially for school and stuff, mm -hmm. I kind of want to keep that. Would like to keep it on just for. To have a more app. mainstream thing when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, yeah. Because, I mean, while you're still in school, they do have you install software from time to time. Whatever. <laughs> software. Alright, um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have any... I did not plan for this interview at all, so that's about all that I can BS, unless you have any other general thoughts or comments. Have you ever considered uh, using a different desktop environment that wasn't Mate, or are you just happy with Mate? It works. You don't uh, want to touch it. I have. You, but I'm still just uncomfortable enough where I wouldn't want to attempt it okay. myself. Yeah. But I don't know. I've heard of other stuff, and I'm like, oh, this one's more complicated. And Which so, one's more complicated? Yeah, that's a good question. I threw it out of mind because. Uh. I can't take much more complication. Yeah. But... I mean, Mate's a good balance. Right. And, it, and, and Mate is relatively lightweight. Uh, what graphics card do you have in that computer? It's not a bad card. It's, it's like the a, 970. Okay. GPU yeah, so that, that's, a, that's a decent card. Um, are you using yeah. the, the proprietary NVIDIA driver, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, Adam is an example of somebody who uh, uses Linux day-to-day, -day, even though, would you describe yourself as a tech person? No. <laughs> would you say that you have more interesting computers than the average person at all? Than the average person? Yeah. Yeah, at this point. Is yeah. that, how about more than the average gamer? Would you consider yourself more proficient than the average gamer in computers, or do you think most of your above average comes from being a gamer? More proficient or more interest? Either. Both. More interest, probably, because there's different aspects, yeah. In proficiency, I don't know about that. But I thought well, you I'm getting into proficiency Linux. as well. I was surprised how easily you picked things up. Because when I had Michael's computer running Linux, and when I had my parents' computer running Linux, like, they would run into things and they wouldn't know how to, you know, open up a new window of. Chrome or whatever, Michael wouldn't know how to update his computer. You figured out PPAs without asking me any questions. You figured out how to customize the main desktop environment all on your own. So, but you, according to you, those things aren't actually that difficult. 
all day. I mean, it took a little bit to figure out, but it wasn't like, no, not crazy difficult. Yeah. I guess it just depends, like, I don't know, what you're interested in. I am just trying to figure all that out mm-hmm. and experimenting with what you could do since I just had it and didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Part of it was kind of about experimenting and not just keeping it just like basic, which would have been easy to do because I think when we had an old computer, we just kept it like completely basic. Well, like, yeah, that was Lubuntu to and there wasn't a whole lot. Like, yeah. That wasn't quite well, as customizable yeah, as but made. I'm saying we wouldn't have tried to. Right. You know, it's just simply get on the internet, whatever, don't install anything. Yeah. Just I mean, we installed them whatever the it G Brainy, or was that pre-installed? Might have pre-installed. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I think I feel like that's pre-installed, or it's in like the store, or whatever. Yeah. Pretty easily. Do you ever use a software yeah. center like the store, or is there even one of those on Ubuntu Mate? Software center? Yeah. Is there a software center? Uh, I, there is a software center, and I have used it. Okay. I don't know. It's one of those things that I, I use it just a little enough. Well, every time I need to use it, I forget it's there. <laughs> and it's really bad. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. I feel like it's kind of, it's always hard for me to find. Like, it's not out there, just like, right? Is it more, is it more common for you to install software using a deb file or by typing in the PPA to the terminal? Probably the PPA. So you don't like download, I mean, when you went to install Chrome, so you like followed a tutorial for adding the PPA and installing it. You didn't like download yeah. Google Chrome.deb. Usually that's what I would do. I have downloaded a couple .devs, but those okay. are some of those that like hit or miss for me. Yeah. Like some of those, I just like I don't know. Are you excited so, yeah, at I, all about? Uh, so are you aware of what Snappy is at all? Ubuntu Snaps. Because what those okay. are gonna do right now? Every time you install software, you have to add the PPA, right? What Snaps but. will allow you to do is download a Snap file and install it like an EXE on Windows, where you don't have to add the yeah, PPA, yeah. you don't have to update it with the rest of the system. It doesn't get updates with the rest of the system, but it's just its own thing. Every application is separated out. Oh, then yeah, definitely. Do you... This one, have. So you don't... Do you not like the fact that you can update your whole system at once with PPAs? Do you... No, I do. okay. Because, like, personally, this is a problem I have with Snaps. Like, everyone's getting all excited about Snaps because, oh, it's just like Windows. You can double-click and install. But I personally think that the advantage See, of insta- of updating everything at once outweighs the convenience of installing I Snaps. I don't know. I guess that's true. But since you're an average user, I didn't know what you thought about that because you clearly don't update so much, so you probably don't, I guess, care that much yeah. about updatability. Right. Or when I do updates, like, little enough, I don't need to worry about getting the whole system. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, I think Snaps actually auto-update by default. Um, So you'd probably have more of your components up to date. I'm just thinking, like, it'd be easier to, like, just install stuff, because even I still have, like, some troubles installing Mm. certain things, which I feel like could be... So they're gonna completely remove PPAs. Eventually, or... that's the goal. I think right, the right they're not planning on it anytime soon, but they're developing Snaps as an alternative, and Fedora is developing Flatpak, and then AppImage is the third one. There's a couple of competing standards. We're not sure what's gonna land yet. So, at least for now, it is nice to have that alternative. If yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yep. Once again just a regular old Linux user. Thought it'd be cool to talk to you. Um, 
Yeah, because we don't often get to talk to someone. I mean, Mark only uses Linux for this show, basically. You actually use Linux. Like, you're probably, aside from me, you're, like, the second most Linux-inclined person at the company, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Because, like, <laughs> Stephanie yeah, claims she's never seen Linux. Michael doesn't use Linux at all. No. Um, so, yeah, but you actually whoa, use, you choose whoa. to use Linux. If you wanted to go out and, if you, let's say that, like, tomorrow you wanted to install Windows, would you know how to do that yourself? Uh, it's probably, I mean, it would be pretty easy. Like, that's not a difficult thing to do, is it? Like, you just, like, put in the CD and then it just goes? Yeah. <laughs> or my, yeah. So, so not like, you're not do. using Linux because I'm making you after all this time no no it's been years i would have thought you would take care of it by now if you didn't want to but but you are mm. using linux out of choice yeah all right so yeah um that's about all we had planned for this episode guys um like i said mark was busy this week and we were working on our episode but then the we had the five-year anniversary stream last week i got more videos i'm working on now so yeah i didn't we didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare a whole lot Hopefully this little shorter episode of Rolling Release was um, at least a little entertaining if you can hear it over the construction. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in this week. I want to thank iTunes and Google Play for not kicking us off if they don't after that horrible audio quality from earlier. Um, yeah, but for now, Linux will continue improving, just like this show. Thanks to Random Dude in the chat room for showing up. And uh, yeah, thanks to our guest, Adam. You can follow him on the Twitters over at where, where can they go for more of you? At Nots underscore Adam. Correct. At N-O-T-S underscore Adam. He tweets like every day and they're really entertaining tweets so you should go and follow him. Uh, but yeah, I'm Jacob Kaufman. You can find me over at nerdofthestreet.com and I'll, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.